heavy as like finances or you know or an illness or things like that there are little things that you can be and it's like it's like training muscle right you know maybe start small you know start with like a little failure like you know i mean i tried to mow the grass the other day i forgot to put gas in the mower and it wouldn't start or something like that you know something silly right that's not really that heavy but what it does is it helps the kid realize like oh dad makes mistakes too okay yeah that's, it happens it's right? no it's, longer it's okay. like this uh imposter like like i'm the only yeah. one that doesn't make or i'm the only one making mistakes like, especially well, as, a as a parent too you want to come across as like you got everything together like i'm the dad i'm right. the one in charge i got it all figured out you know what and but then what happens is that your kids feel like oh man i can't make a mistake like my dad's perfect like nothing nothing ever happens with him like he's you know because we as adults have a, can really like cover things up pretty well most of the time up to a certain point right? we all have our breaking point but for the most part everyday stuff you can gloss over all right everybody welcome on back to mind over matter this week we got jason thanks for coming on um how you feeling man man you know feeling good i uh you know it's it's nice and sunny here this week here in the midwest you know it's, uh, the leaves are coming out the flowers are blooming it's colorful around here you know so um School's about ready to get out as well, right? Summertime, a lot of things to be excited for. So, you know, overall, you know, things are things are great, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, how are you feeling over there, Kevin? You know, I'm good. Here in Tennessee, we're in about our one week of spring where it's not ungodly hot in the afternoon. So I will probably be enjoying that a little bit later. But all things considered, I am phenomenal. How are you? Good, good, man. It's been a good, good long week, but it's always nice to end on a nice, good recording. So, um, Jason just found him on LinkedIn, uh, really starting to use LinkedIn now. It's really great for connecting, especially with business owners. I found out. So really trying to get out there, Jason, I just saw you're into sports. I'm a big, I'm, I, I grew up in Chicago, so we're all kind of big sports people. And then, um, my dad's been a teacher my whole life. So just kind of around the coaching, kind of the mindset you need to coach and everything. So. Definitely intrigued by what you got going on. If you want to just kind of start with, you know, who you are, where you're from, and sure. how you started doing what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, I've loved sports since I was a kid, right? And I grew up in the Michael Jordan era. So, I mean, the go, you know, love, love the Bulls, man. You know, how yeah. can you not, right? Um, at the same time, though, I grew up a Cardinals fan, so I hate the Cubs. Oh. So, I have like a love, love hate with Chicago, man, you know, so. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's always like a fun little rivalry with the Cardinals Cubs, right? I mean, at the end, it's just sports, like life goes on after that. But, you know, what I've learned is with my love of sports and what I've come to realize is the things that sports taught me as a kid and even into high school and then now as a coach as well, you know, it's just so many great things that you can use sports for beyond just playing it and beyond the outcomes, but like who you become because you participate in it or because you are able to change lives because you coach kids or, you know, just the opportunities to really feel like you're on purpose and feel like, and then feel in the moment too. Right. Like, you know, it's uh, so, you know, that's a lot of my reason, like, you know, number one, it's, it's, it's a great thing for, for everybody to get involved in, but also it's, you know, what can you, what can you do to make yourself better because you either participated or you, or you had an influence on somebody else. 
Right. Uh, yeah, I've seen on your website you got like two different packages. Do you only – I think it what, – what are your two different packages? Because I saw – do you only do certain age groups then? Yeah, so we do like uh, – right now we do primarily like 7 to 11-year-olds. We have a, a course for them. And then we have, you know, like middle school kids, like 11, like, like 12, 13, 14. And then we also like to focus on parents, like helping parents understand like, you know, what is sports going to actually do for your kid? Because it's probably not going to be a full ride scholarship to college. They're de- they're highly unlikely to, to get paid to play. You know, just based and these are just based on stats, right? Like <laughs> you always encourage your kids to dream, right? Have a dream, believe in it, give your best effort, but know like at some point you're going to have to pivot and then find a different route. It's just it's part of your journey. It's not your entire journey, right? So, you know, I think that. Um, that's a lot of our education piece of it is like what what is sports going to do for you, you know, from for and for your kid, right? And yeah. and a lot of those skill sets like courage, like having a power of a positive attitude, you know, things like finding joy, finding you know resiliency as well. What does it take to be relentless and unstoppable? All those things that you can learn by playing sports, and that's what we teach in those courses that we have. And those are skill sets that are going to help you the rest of your life no matter what you're doing whether it's your career whether it's your relationships with the people around you you know whether it's being a parent as well i mean those are all things that are going to you can always continue to develop right you know my my jump shot right now is not going to land me a contract right it's gonna be, it's great for pickup right hanging out either. with your buddies right you know but it's not bringing home the check right to help support my family so but what i had learned was you know what happens whenever things don't go your way? How do you respond? What happens when, you know, you get cut from the team or what happens when you're, it's, you realize like, Hey, it's over. Right. Or whatever. Um, so, you know, when we focus on the lessons that we can learn through the experiences and what can be taught from there, that's when sports really like gives us a platform of development that really not very many other things can yeah, and it's it's definitely not even something that was really offered when I was growing up, something like that, because it seems almost because you watch film on the way you play, you watch film. There's even a day for it if you're on a good team, but you don't. That's to better yourself in the sport. You don't watch film like on on you as a person almost. This is what it kind of seems like. You're almost kind of spectating yourself and po- you're pointing out to the kids like this is what it takes to be a leader this is what it takes when you lose like cuz for me man I used to strike out in baseball and I used to cry like half the time cuz I would be so pissed off cuz I didn't get to play like I strike out and then I realize I got to go sit down not get to play watch everyone else and then maybe I'll get to play again and my parents are dumping all this money into all these sports especially hockey I grew up playing hockey and that's expensive oh, yeah man. Like that's, that's not cheap. But if I grew up playing hockey, yeah, sure. I had a bunch of fun my whole life, but if I didn't learn from all the lessons that I was exposed to while playing hockey, then we may have just dumped a bunch of money down the drain just for me to have fun on the weekends, you know? And I I didn't get anything out of it. That's what we try to tell parents is like, you know, what are you, what are you investing in? Like what, like why, like, you know, because it is an investment, you know, but if it's an investment to try to get your kid, you know the next level or whatever you might be disappointed in that investment but if it's an investment on hey my kid is you know more respectful he's 
know, he's happier. He's more emotionally intelligent. He like mind over matter, right? So, just to give you an example, I had coached eighth grade boys in basketball this year, and we ended up winning our city city tournament. But what I did with them, we started off one and four. What I did with them, I said like, hey, trust the process. You know, we're we're going about it the right way. Things will turn around. And then I started helping them like, what are our values here? So we picked three values. I had them pick it. It was confidence, determination, and loyalty. And every practice we talked about it, like, what does that mean? And what does that look like to you as a 14-year-old? How does that apply to your teammates? And then we went even further and we talked about using mental pictures. Like, imagine yourself being successful. Imagine what that would feel like getting emotionally intelligent. And then imagine your teammates also having similar successes. And then what happened was, like, we played our best game in the in the, in the the highest pressure moment, right? In the championship game. Like, they, they played amazing. It's because they did the mindset work. They did the emotional work. They were willing to, you know, do something that has not really been ever taught to them before. Right? And, and it's not really taught to at 14 years. Most of the time, it's like the pros get that. They have these mental performance coaches. They have these psychologists. They have all these people to help them with that. But when it's really needed is at those adolescent ages to help you develop and form a mindset of like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I believe myself. Oh, and I also feel like I can do it as well. Because it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to actually like know it and like believe it in your body too. Yeah, my dad, my dad said he started doing that too. He started coaching. I, I want to say it's sixth grade. And it's just a bunch of kids that don't know how to play basketball, just getting out there because they can. So they don't really know how to play. But he said he, this year he started. Everyone close your eyes before the game. Picture yourself winning. Picture yourself with the trophy and how happy you'd be. And see, like, how – because even that is enough to get you to want to play harder and want to do better. If you could picture yourself just being happy, just like, yes, mm-hmm. I won. Like, at least <laughs> at least for me. And then all these lessons, all these lessons, like you said, they don't get taught at all. And for a kid, me and Kevin all, say it all the time in the entrepreneur space, you don't, you don't know what you just don't know. Sure. Like, and that's – if you're going through all these emotions – and you're you're going through all these experiences, this leadership experience or whatever it is, and you have no idea that you were a leader in that time. Like for me, I was a captain, but I didn't know that's what it meant. I needed to be a leader and everybody's looking at me and everybody's turning on me and I should be lifting the whole team up. I didn't know. I was just there because that was my natural position. That's what the coach thought I should be at. Like I didn't know I should be learning all these lessons just because you get coaches. I mean, just like my dad, he didn't want to coach basketball. He just fell into the spot. If they're not getting paid, you know, it's just a, another coach who's got the spare time. <laughs> and there's like so much that goes into sports, like mindset. I think about like running specifically. No sport really teaches you how to run. It's like if you took every sport and put it in water, first thing coaches would teach kids is how to swim. Every sport damn near involves running and mindset, but no one's really teaching it. And so it's like, it seems so obvious now that you mention it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's. It evolves, right? Everything evolves. Like we evolve as a species, right? And even coaching has evolved to where it's like, you know, a lot of times you would have in the old school days, it was, hey, you need to, you know, adjust to the coach. Well, now it's more of like, if you really want to get the most out of your kids and your players, learn about them, build relationships with them, you know, build that trust with them. And so whenever you do challenge them, they know that you're trying to get them to become the best version of themselves. You're not just doing it because I told you to, right? Kids kids are kids are smarter than what they ever were before. They have more access to more information than they ever have. Like, I think I saw a stat that, you know, a teenager with a cell phone has access to more information than what the president did in the mid-90s, right? So 
know, and and kids can read on if you are being genuine, authentic, and if you're just being a phony, right? They pick up on that real quick, you know. So, you know, it, it's a fact of like you got to let kids know that you really care about them more so than what they can do for you on a court or a field or anything like that. And when they when they feel that way, then when you have to hold them accountable, you know, they may not like it, but they end up craving it because they see the progress of them improving. And they know, like, man, I don't like this, but it's helping me get closer to my goal, my dream, I, and make that a reality. I mean, it's the same thing in the army, yeah, dude. Like, I don't want to, I don't want people to fear me and feel compelled to listen to me because they're afraid I'm gonna yell at them or make them do push-ups or whatever. Like, in my mind, I'd rather be able to say I'm disappointed in you, and that should be the worst thing I could say. Like, mm -hmm. not you're afraid of me because you're afraid of me. You want me to think highly of you, in a way like that kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like any any time that you lead from like fear based meaning like you know, you are there the, the whoever you're leading is is acting from a fear perspective. It's a short term game, but it's a, you're gonna win the battle but you're gonna lose the war. Right? Where on the flip side you might lose a couple of battles along the way, you know, but you're gonna end up winning the war because eventually you're gonna pull them in a direction of like, Man, okay, now I see what it's talking about. Like whenever things start to click naturally with them based on those little like seeds that you plant from like you know challenging them encouraging them you know constructive criticism as opposed to like them worried about being yelled at they're going to go much farther in the long run and you're going to they're going to reap the benefits way more so than trying to get them to do something based off of a fear-based you know strategy or tactic yeah and that's i mean for the parents now that's I mean, me and my mom were just talking a couple days ago about how she didn't she didn't want us to hate her all growing up she didn't want her like whatever decision she made for us she didn't want us to hate if my brother's out at a party and they're drinking and the parents aren't home and she just showed up and picked them up and took them home of course he's going to be pretty damn upset you know but yeah. but my mom's got to do that in order to take care of him and we don't understand that until until we're older what because you kind of what kind of what kind of advice would you give a parent to kind of get them to understand that more? Could, could, your kid, you're going to have to make decisions that your kid doesn't like because, you, yeah. you know, no one wants their kid to hate them. <laughs> sure. You know, I would say, you know, the simplest thing is uh, be likable, but doesn't always mean you're going to be liked. So be likable, like smile at your kids, give them a hug, tell them you love them. Right. You know, do fun things with them. And, you, and I even do this. Like, so I have a six and a four year old. And sometimes we'll say, hey, man, it's your day today. What do you want to do? You get a pick, you know? And then, because anytime that somebody takes interest in what you're interested in, that's going to make you feel valued, make you feel loved. So, you know, I, I learned this from a parenting coach. She told me that, you know, connect before redirect. Connect with your kids, you know, and hang out with them. You know, spend time with them. Do the things that they want to do. So whenever you have those moments of, like, where, like, you like, got to pick up him because he's, you know, out there somewhere where he shouldn't be. Then you're like, look, man, I love you, but we got to go because this isn't what's best for you. And you may not like it, and that's okay. But because I'm your parent, I always have to look at what's best for you until you leave this house. And you just lay it out for them. And then you can let them be in their feelings of disappointment. You can let them feel upset about it. You all don't have to have the same feelings about the situation, right? Just, he's not, he's, like, your brother did not have to be happy about leaving, but... As long as he understands that mom is coming because 
she's doing it for your best interest and you'll thank her in the long run. I don't know yeah. that that can help. I mean, I mean, I remember thinking that as a kid, like my mom would make me come inside when the sun went down. I was like, well, I want to play with my friends. Now I'm like, oh, cool. Cause I didn't get kidnapped or anything. <laughs> and it's, it's like sometimes like you, you're a teacher. You ever meet those like parents or students where the, or where the parents just let the kid do whatever they want. I mean, it does, it's, it happens, you know, and, and I think part of it is because, you know, you almost have to wonder, and I, and I always try to get curious, like, what happened in that kid's childhood that is showing up now as a parent? Like, did they have a super strict parent growing up that didn't let them do anything, and now it's the, it's playing out as the exact opposite, right, on the other end, right? Like, where, you know, it's, or is it, uh, you know, maybe they had trauma in their background, maybe it's, you know... Maybe their kid is creating challenges that they don't know how to deal with. So sometimes it's it's you're you're naturally inclined to do what's easier, right? It's easier to let your kid do whatever they want as opposed to really like you know going after and and, and parenting them in a way that's going to be loving, that's going to lead them to be great parents. And I always try to have an image of my my sons as adults, you know, being healthy, helpful, and and happy, right? So those are the three H's I always say like. When my kids grow up and become adults, are they healthy, helpful, and happy? And so I always try to like parent right now when they're young and see a vision of them as an adult. And if I've done the work right now, that's going to pay off when they become older, right? So that's kind of what I try to have that, you know, vision of what I hope to see them. Because whatever whatever they're doing, it doesn't matter to me, honestly. You got to feel what your calling is, and that, that might be different than mine. But again, as long as they're those three things, you're happy, you're healthy, and you're helpful, then it doesn't really matter what you're doing because it's all going to fall into place. That's such a wise way of looking at it, too. Like looking for the underlying cause behind those types of things. Yeah, because yeah. at the end of the day, you are you are training something, right? Whether it's, hey, like everything is okay. So that's what, that's what they're going to think. Or, hey, oh, man, there are boundaries. Or, hey... You know, and, and I also learned this. Ask your kid this one question. Are you can you live with the consequences of what you're about to do? And this is more so if you have teenagers, right? If you're thinking about the consequences. Like, you know, you can you can definitely you have the choice to leave this house and go hang out with your buddies and, and do whatever you want to do. But if something happens, are you going to be willing to live with the consequences of what that of what took place? And you might just be in the right, wrong place, wrong time. You may have done nothing, but because you were in a certain situation, you get it's it's assimilation by association. You're going to be around it, then you have to maybe clean up a mess that you maybe didn't want to be involved in. Yeah, it's it's hard. Me and Kev talk about this quite a bit too. It's hard to it's hard to almost teach something like that. That you almost have to let a kid go through it and be like, man, I got stuck Sometimes. in this situation. <laughs> You know, and you just you almost have to just live it yourself. And I had to live a bunch of stuff myself. But like you said, you have three three core values. And if you focus on the values and the foundation of the child, you won't have to focus on the problems that they're going to run into. You could be you could be scared of all the problems your child's going to run into because your child is going to run into problems. And no mom wants to see their kid hurt. No dad wants to see their kid hurt. So they are going to run into problems. But if you built that foundation for the problems, like you're saying, you know, 
I wasn't able to strike out and be happy about it. <laughs> so I, when I ran into my first couple problems, I was hurt. I, I ended up being depressed and anxious and not knowing what to do because I didn't get my way or it didn't go how I thought it was supposed to go, you know, but that was an experience I had to live through. My parents tried to tell me all growing up, you know, but I didn't learn until <laughs> until I lived that experience. And you had to learn the hard way, yeah. The coolest thing you can do is ask your kids questions, right? Because like, they always, whenever you can reframe it to make it feel like it's their idea, then you're always going to be more like inclined to like your own idea, right? So for me, and this is the same thing as I've learned as well, is like, yeah, when you struck out, like, hey, man, how does it feel right now? Oh, you're, I, I'd be pissed off too if I struck out. Oh, what did we learn from it? Oh, maybe I should um, keep my elbow up. Maybe, you know, I uh, can take a few more practice swings. Maybe I can use my imagination to see myself at the ball. You know, whatever it is, like, but if you are able to, like, guide a kid through their struggles and let them feel their feelings, like, hey, you know what? It is okay to feel disappointed. That shows me that you care. It's good to care, you know, because sometimes, like, if you came back smiling because you struck out, I would kind of be concerned about that as well. Like, I'm just happy that you just got out. Like, that's not the goal. We want to get on base, right? You know, so... But the reality of it is, in baseball, you're gonna, you're gonna, if you're, if you get on base three out of ten times, that's 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 success. You're gonna fail more than you're gonna succeed in baseball, right? So, I think the more that we can ask our kids questions, the more that we can let them kind of come up with their own solutions, and then, and I tell my son this too. I was like, the best thing you can have are two things: be a great decision maker, and and the longest thing, the best thing you can have in life is have great friends. I mean, that's the key to longevity is, is great friends and making great decisions. Yeah. Are, um, you can see a big difference in these kids, kind of like a before and after when they started playing sports with you? Oh, yeah. I even, I'll even have uh, teachers tell me. Like, I had one one kid this year. You know, he was, he was kind of he – was, he was a tough kid. Like, he had a – he was a good player, but his attitude was terrible. But I told him, I was like, hey, man, I believe in you, and I want you to be successful. So if you're going to be on my on, on this team, these are the things you're going to have to do. And it, and you don't have to like it. You don't. Because I did I did character checks in with them. Like, they had to have their parents fill it out. They had to show up on school on time. They had to turn stuff in. You know, they had to be respectful of their teachers. And he was like, man, this feels like I'm a kindergartner. Like, That's fine. But you're going to have a boss one day in a job that's going to have you report to them especially if you're new because they don't know anything about you right and you're gonna have it and so i told you you don't have to like it but if you want to start and if you want to play this is what i expect and they and then i had some teachers tell me like i don't know what happened to this kid but ever since he started playing basketball he's been kinder he's been more helpful he's, <laughs> he's nicer to his he's like correcting other kids in class about stop and this was the kid that was like the problem kid right so you know, I mean, it's it's things like it's it's just simply like setting a foundation to help kids succeed, whether they are playing sports or whether they're in school or whether in life. And there's certain things that if you are consistent with them, they learn what that means. They all that all kids need is a great example of what success and happiness look like. Right. That's all they need, right? Kids, kids, people in general will do more of what other people do way more than what people will tell them. Yeah. We're just copycat. Like we're a copycat society. No. Like, you see it, you do it. You see it, you do it. You know? Yeah. No, that's exactly what happened. 
That's yeah, exactly we, what happens. We had a report card type deal like that when I was in karate growing up, right? Because you, you might not be able to tell now, but I was a really rebellious kid for like no real reason. And uh, my parents put me in karate because I was such a turd, right? And they had us like work with our parents and fill out this like weekly report sheet. And like you had a goal and then it was like, it had all this cool stuff like you're talking about right at the time. I was like, well, this is so dumb, dude. Yeah. But like, but then it had like a goal for the week, right? And the master Gonzalez, bro, shout out to him. He would read your goal out. And if you accomplished it, like he would say it in front of everyone, like that was super cool with me. And then if it was like some kind of like, oh, stop talking bad to your parents, he would just kind of ask you if you completed it right. Like he wouldn't tell everyone, but it was really cool. I'm like looking back. There's so many of those things where I'm like, that was so like annoying that the adults made me do that. But now I'm like, I wish they had yeah, done that. Yeah, and more it almost. gives the kids something to focus on that's not school. Like when you go into a sport and you have someone like Jason, or, yeah, Jason teaching you how how to think and how to act and what to do. Like you, you have something else to focus on that's not video games, TikTok, or school. And that seems to be like the top, you know, like social media school and then you go home and do what <laughs> so when you go to sports and you're going to going to sports to have fun that's cool but if you're not learning anything from it you just go you have fun this is what i did i went had fun then went home and that was really it didn't think about it because what was next video games or work maybe maybe i had to go to work so but that's you don't you don't learn you don't learn unless you have someone pointing it out to you and that's yeah. like the hardest part because that not many coaches can't can point it out. You need that coach, and everybody has that one coach they could think back on. And it's like that's the coach that I learned the most from. <laughs> yeah, because like you're not teaching people or kids what to think; it's how to think almost. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I always portrayed to them. It was like, hey, you know what? I asked them. I was like, do you guys want to have a successful year? Meaning, like, you all, because I think you all can do it. That's what I told them. But at the end of the day, it's up to you. I'm here. I'll tell you anything you want to tell me, but it has to be bought in from you guys. And I actually took them and we went and did a service project where we fed the homeless to get them an idea of like, hey, you know what? All the things you complain about on a daily basis, let's turn that into gratitude. Because there's oh. a whole lot of other people that would trade you spots in a heartbeat. Whatever your situation is, I promise you, man. And and we did that for, it was on Super Bowl Sunday, which was kind of funny because it was like soup kitchen, Super Bowl, right? That kind of. But they walked out of that. Parents were like, my kid has never thanked me as much after doing that. And it, But it also teaches them service, right? That everybody is equal, right? There's, you're not better than anybody else, right? Everybody just has different situations. We don't know their situation, right? We don't know why they're in that situation. But it's a great chance for you to be thankful and realize, man, my life could be so much worse than what it actually is. And build that perspective and realizing that, hey, you know what? I'm doing okay. And then it also helps build mental health because the more that you get out of your own head and you help somebody else, you start to feel better about it. And you start yeah. to feel better about yourself because you're thinking about other people. You're not in your own story swirling about how, what was me. You're like, oh man, I just helped them. I just I just gave that person a, a meal for that. I don't know when their next meal is, but I helped them. And there's a, a relief and a feeling of gratitude and a feeling of, of joy and knowing that you helped somebody make their day better yeah and that's a lot of people i've i've tried to do this ever since I, I started just getting out of the house more just being happy to just be there just 
be present right here, right now. I'm not upset because I'm not home working or not upset because I'm going to the gym 15 minutes late. I'm here. I'm right now. This is what's happening to me. I'm walking to the gym. It's okay. <laughs> and even that is enough for me to enjoy what's happening because I'm not thinking about everything else. Just one quick second to think to myself, just enjoy this right now, whatever's happening. And that's that's one of my my tricks. But I've never even I can't think of something like that where where someone brought me to something like that, like a soup kitchen or something as I as a kid. Just to get out there and do something like that. Kev, have you had? Fucking my parents went to soup kitchens when I was in high school, actually. I never went just because I was like kind of a, a coward, I guess, about the whole thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was lazy. I it's scary, man. As a teenager, yeah. it's definitely like you're you are way out of your comfort zone, right? So I mean, um, and so I, I was like, I told him like, you guys all need to show up if you want. And I told him like, if you all want to start, you better show up. Or if you want to play, you better show up. Because that's what sports can do. Like you have something they want, so then you can get them out of their comfort zone because you have what they want. They want to play. Okay. Here's the requirements. Here's what's expected of you. You do this, you play. You don't, you don't play. Right? I mean, it's, I feel like sometimes we make things like too complicated. Right? But at the end of the day, it's like, if you're coaching kids or really coaching anybody, who are they becoming because you had an influence on them? Yeah. When, when you start, me and Kevin talk about a little bit vulnerability. And it's, it's like that, it's like almost in every relationship, I can, I can almost point to the point where it's like, all right, that's where the line was crossed and we became vulnerable with each other. And that's when we start building trust and becoming a team. Do you, do you start like that? How do you start with your, with your kids? What's like one of the first things you go through? Yeah. You know, um, I, what I do is I. You know, and not everybody has this, but I wrote a book about losing my dad to suicide. So I'll give them my, hey, here's my story, guys. I'm just like, it's all right here. If you have any questions about anything you're going through, I'd be happy to let you know. Like, and I, and I even tell them, like, you know what? I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to make the wrong decisions. I might put the wrong guy in. I might draw something up, and it might not go how it's supposed to. And I admit that I am not perfect. But I can promise you this. I'm going to give you your best. And what I'll do, too, is I'll ask them questions. Like, hey, what was the, and I'll start with this, like, what was the funnest thing you've ever done in your life? What was it? And I have them share, like, what was the funnest thing they did? I don't, I don't go into like, where'd you travel to or, you know, restaurants, you eat at, because some people's social economic situations are different. Right. So I always stick to things like, Hey, what was the funnest thing you did? What was the toughest thing you ever had to overcome? Or what was the most challenging moment that you ever, and a lot of them will say, you know, going through COVID as a 12 year old, as 11 year old, I was like, yeah, man, that was, and I, and I acknowledge it, that was probably really tough. How do you feel now that you made it through that? Like, you know, I feel like I can do anything. Yeah, I, I, that was that was resilient, man. That, that was not easy for anybody. So the fact that you're on the other side of it, says a lot about you. You know, and so whenever you give kids a chance to give people enough, like, and some will share more so than others, right? Um, and that's okay. But it could be very surfacy. But the goal is, like, to get kids to, like, you know, share something that they can feel proud of. Like, yeah, man, you, you made it through that. That's, that's great. It's impressive, you know? So, um, and some people will open up about, you know, what well, my dad's got cancer right now. 
And I'm just really struggling with, with, and sometimes basketball is the things that helps me take my mind off it. Hey man, we'll pray for you. You know, thank you for telling me. I hope, I hope your dad has a, a full, full recovery and he's, and he gets back on his feet again, you know? So, um, I think you have to set the example of what vulnerability looks like as an, as the adult. And yeah. then when somebody else is willing to be vulnerable with you, you have to hold space for them and know that this is a safe space and that whatever said here stays here. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of why we started the show too, is to hopefully make the world more vulnerable and willing to open up. Because like you just said, if I believe it as well, it's on the parents to create the vulnerable space. So a kid can come up to you and f they feel comfortable enough to come up to you and say, look, this is what I'm going through right now. Mm -hmm. And this is how like the, the, Parents should be able, be able to give some pointers and be able to talk them through it. But the parents now, and they are our age, they're not vulnerable themselves. So they're not telling their kid, look, we're going through financial crisis. Like, there's a barrier there in most. There's a barrier. Yeah. Look, I'm not going to tell my kids about our finances, about our health, like all this extra stuff. Instead of just being open and honest with everything. There's, there's this, yeah. this like weird barrier. Well it's like, how are you going to tell a 10 year old though, that y'all ain't making ends meet? Like they, I, I'm thinking if I were to get told that I would think like I have to spend less money as a 10 year old. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, what, what we do is at the, at the dinner table, it's like some, and we don't do this every night, but sometimes we're like, Hey, you know what? Um, let's go around the table. Let's, let's share what we failed today. And, and I'll say like, man, my, my lesson today, it, it, it was not good. Like, the kids were crazy. Like I didn't feel like I maybe I, maybe I didn't prepare enough for it, or you know, something something went you know whatever. I'll just I'll just share like how I failed today, right? But then I was like, what I learned from it though was I probably should be more prepared. The next class I did this, I tweaked and changed and did this a little bit differently, and it went better. You know, so I think even if it's not as heavy as like finances or you know or an illness or things like that, there are little things that you can be. And it's like it's like training a muscle, right? You know, maybe start small. You know, start with like a little failure. Like, you know, I mean, I tried to mow the grass the other day. I forgot to put gas in the mower and it wouldn't start, or something like that. You know, something silly, right? That's not really that heavy. But what it does is it helps the kid realize, like, oh, Dad makes mistakes too. Okay, yeah, That's, it happens. It's right. no longer it's okay. like this uh, imposter, like like I'm the only yeah. one that doesn't make, or I'm the only one making mistakes, like, especially as a, as a parent. Too, you want to come across as like you got everything together, like I'm the dad, I'm right. the one in charge, I got it all figured out, you know what? And but then what happens is that your kids feel like, oh man, I can't make a mistake. Like my dad's perfect. Like nothing, nothing ever happens with him. Like he's, you know, because we as adults have it can really like cover things up pretty well most of the time. Up to a certain point, right? we all have our breaking point, but for the most part, everyday stuff, you can gloss over like it's no big deal, right? You know, so I think, you know, being intentional about uh, the time, the little mistakes that you that you have during the day, and just sharing them, and it's like, yeah, man, but I learned from it. You know, and I tried my best; it just didn't work out how I hoped it did, and but I got better. And I think that's the goal is like the goal is in life is to grow and get better. And that's really the main thing that we're all here trying to do, you know? So, um, I think if you can relay that message of like, you're going to mess up, but how did you grow and learn from it? Yeah. Yeah. I got, I got better. I messed up 
I got better and I'm still here. <laughs> That's, yeah, I'm still you know, like, here. Still bro. kicking, still here, still living. Like we're we're fine. It was a little mistake. Whatever it was, it's not the biggest deal. That's that's what started getting into my head, especially with the military, is they pound in your head if you make a mistake, you're doing push-ups or something outlandish. Oh, like the yeah. dumbest thing. They'll <laughs> act like, oh, I, I don't have a pen. Like yeah. uh, the sun's going to fall out the sky. You know? <laughs> I guess, they put like this huge pressure on you. So when you do make a mistake, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe, oh, what's going to happen? Like this is going to be the worst. So then when I got out, that's what – that's kind of where my mindset was. It's, it's like that a, conditioning, right? Like right. it's like your mind goes to the worst case scenario. When if you take some, if you breathe, and like it's gonna be okay. Like yes, you should, you know, be more organized, be more prepared. You know, you name it. But again, just turn it into a learning opportunity. Don't make it feel like it's the end of the world or like you know it's the apocalypse, right? Because you didn't have a pin, right? It's <laughs> It's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Trevor's Trevor's only nine minutes early instead of ten. Like, <laughs> God forbid, dude. Yeah, and that's where though, like you know, something that is a is a is a quality, right? Being organized, being prepared. Any any quality can also be a, a vice if it's taken to the extreme. Explain that. So, yeah. What I mean by that is that so, for example, like. You know, you over prepare, right? Or you, um, like you're supposed to have a pin, right? But you don't have a pin, and then you set those, it set those fear tactics in your mind because you just didn't have a pin, right? As opposed to teaching, like, hey, you know what? Next time, what was your routine in the morning? Did you, did you set yourself up for success in the day? Let's walk through this, as opposed to like, you need to have a pin. Go do 50 push-ups, and that'll teach you to never do it again. Yeah, that, you do your 50 that... push-ups. And you forget your pen the next day anymore because you didn't really learn the lesson. You just learned that, oh man, I gotta do push-ups because I did something wrong. Yeah. Right. So what I mean by that, any any like you could be super organized, but if you're so organized that it takes all the time away from your kids, you're not spending any quality time with your kids because you had to be so organized on things, right? Oh or, you know, so I mean it's 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 good to be organized, it's good to be prepared. But there's always a fine line of like, you know, make yourself better and improve yourself, but don't take it to the extreme where it ends up, you know, causing you to, to miss out on things, where it ends up causing you to, to damage your relationships. Because to me, at the end of the day, the things that really matter are the titles that are going to last forever. Dad, maybe husband, maybe, you know, son or spouse or whatever it is. Those are the titles that you have for the longest periods of time. That are going to leave a legacy more so than any other like professional title or anything else like that because i promise you once you left there's somebody that's going to replace you <laughs> right after that tell me about it quickest lesson i learned in the army man <laughs> oh dude they'll within like a week people fucking forget about you it's, it's yeah, your place right yep. your kids don't forget about you your parents your I've never, never seen a tombstone that said CFO on it, but I've seen plenty yeah. of said, <laughs> husband and you know father and all that. Yeah. So, you know, we get so wrapped up in like what does success look like, and to me, it's you know, are my kids going to want to come and visit me whenever they're adults? You know, am I still married whenever I'm ninety? Right. You know, those kind of things. Like, man, that's when you look when you look back at your life, what are the things you're going to truly remember? And what are you gonna, and, and the memories that you're going to be like, man, I'm sure glad that I chose this over, you know, working 80 hours a week to fulfill what, you know, to 
fulfill my bank account. I, okay, I mean that all that all gets redistributed anyways whenever you die, so it doesn't you can't take it with you, right? So, um, I just think like you know let's have a more conscious thought on like what really matters at the end of the day. I mean, yeah, look at our dads, Trev. Neither of them are stinking rich, but they were always there for us growing up. Yeah, like yeah, that's a always pretty always successful. By the side, yeah, yeah, dude. Like some things are important, and some things are just core metrics of success. I think like they're superficial. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to have. You know, you obviously it's money is something that you need to have in life, right? It's it's a societal necessity, but it's something that is a tool that can be used to make a bigger difference, right? And to make you, to help support yourself. It's not like, to me, a great measure of success. I mean, it, it helps, right? It's, it, it, it can be reflective on some things, right? Obviously, um, it's, it, it can be a good thing, but it's definitely not the, like, you know, the only measure of what we should, we should define success as. The yeah. end all be all, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> We're running out of time a little bit here, so I'll ask ask what I've got on my mind. Um, for for kids that almost like they they don't see any hope, like there's no hope in their mind, and I, I was at that point where you just don't really see where your future is or what you're gonna look like or anything. You're just kind of stuck in a in a place. Whether it's because your family has no money, whatever it is, you're just stuck. You parents died whatever it is like you said the, the post-traumatic like how do you what's the first step they should take is it do you suggest like first step get into sports right away hey mom i want to <laughs> i want to get into karate you know what's what's the first thing they can do to get out of the house and get get their mind right um i think number one you have to acknowledge and be aware of, of where you're at and then you also have to acknowledge i also have to understand this that what season follows winter? Let's, think, let's just look at nature, for example. What season follows? Winter is like cold. There's no leaves on the ground. It's dark all the time, right? You know, it can it can be kind of a gloomy time of year if for, for some people. But what follows that is spring, right? So everything is everything in life is a season. Maybe it's a season of challenge. Maybe it's a season of hardship. Maybe it's a season of poverty. But getting your mindset right and believing that life will eventually get better, that there's a, there's another season following this, that this is not like a permanent situation. It's only temporary. And that by going, by going through this, you are, it's, it's going to teach you a lesson that's going to help you with whatever comes next. Like what's the, what's the, what's the teachable moment in this, in this time of, of challenge in this time of hardship to help somebody else along the way can help people through those. Whenever you are realizing that this is only a training that's going to help me with what's next. And sometimes thriving is just surviving. Like just making it through the day is, is a win and that's okay. You don't have to be like, not everybody's at the top of the game, nailing it every single day. Sometimes it's literally just getting through the day and waking up the next day, knowing like today has a great chance of being better than yesterday. Yep. <laughs> That's good. That's cool though. I like that. It's like there are a lot of struggles in life, but it's it's what you can achieve from those struggles I think that really matters. 
Yeah. And, it, and, it, and if you don't want to even use the season aspect of it, if you want to go day to day, like, you know, it gets darkest before the sun comes up. Right? So it, the darkest moment is followed by the, the some of the brightest moments when the sun comes up and, like, blasts light through, right? So and I would also say this. In the darkest moments, the lights shine the brightest. So you can be an optimist of, like, you know, see the light at the end of the tunnel. Or you can be an elite optimist and be the light through the tunnel. Mm, like we uh, we're a rational optimist here, and uh, <laughs> we, we uh, haven't had a day yet where the sun don't come up eventually, though. So yeah, even if it's cloudy outside, still the sun still comes up. Absolutely, Absolutely. we're still breathing. Cannot always be dark. That's what we said. <laughs> but. Yeah, man, we're trying forty-five minute episodes. I don't know how we feel about it yet, but you're our yeah. first first go around. How'd you feel about it? Was it long enough? Yeah, that was that was a great conversation, guys. You know, kudos to you. You know, it's a uh, it's always uh, a chance to learn, right, and figure out what works. So, I mean, you got to start somewhere. You know, actually, I'll, one more question because this is this what I think about a lot is homeschooling, homeschooling and sports. Is that because a lot of the biggest thing against homeschooling, and you may not know because you're you, you're the teacher, so I might be asking the wrong guy, but <laughs> but the homeschooling aspect, a lot of people think it's scary because of the socialization. Is mm. you don't your kid doesn't go anywhere to go socialize, but there's plenty of mm -hmm. sports outside of school that you could join, and that's what I think would be the best outlet. Is that sure? What what do you what do you think is the is the the benefit to homeschooling? If it is sports, and if I don't know if I asked that I think, kind of um, benefits of homeschooling, you know, I think if if you as a parent have the the patience and the willingness to, uh, and and the and the credentials as well to teach your children, what a, what a gift for your kids, right? And there's so many homeschooling groups that that they go and they can you know meet up. As well, it doesn't have to be sports. Like you can find homeschooling groups at where they go and they'll meet up at a park or they'll meet up somewhere else, right? I mean, I think at the end of the day, you have to, you know, do what's best for what you think is best. You know, because everybody's gonna have an opinion on what they think you should do. But, you know, I think it's whatever you feel like is is best for you and your kids, and and have the satisfaction of knowing that I'm doing the best with what I knew. I felt like this was best. You know, and, yeah. and go from there. Do you notice a big difference between the kids that are homeschooled, or do you do you teach a lot of homeschooled kids at all? Do you... No, I don't. I mean, um, sometimes I guess I think it's it's really situational to be honest. Like you know, some kids you would never have known that they were homeschooled, and then other kids that were like, if your philosophy around homeschooling is to shelter and keep your kids away from society, then yes, there are some significant social situations. But if your philosophy on homeschooling is, I want to teach my kids. I want to. I want to have my kids being around other kids that are and and still prioritize the socialization piece and still have that a part of it. Then I don't feel like you notice it as much. You know, so it's really is like, what is the intent behind homeschooling, more so than being homeschooled. Oh, that's I'm, that's interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Yeah, me me neither. <laughs> you know, so it always goes back to intention. So. Yeah. You know, I think that's I think that's really how you can tell the difference between kids that certain kids that are homeschooled is like 
if their their parents were intent about like not like keeping them away from society, then yeah, there's some significant social issues that are good because they they don't know how to interact with people, right? Yeah. But if it's, I feel like I can do it. I feel like I'm I'm excited about it, and I have other means of getting my kids socialized, or around or to handle social situations, right? Then. Like by putting them in sports, by putting them in activities, by meeting up with other homeschool groups or, you know, you name it, then I don't think it's as, you won't notice it as much. Well, all right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, Jason. We'll uh, send you the link when it's ready. Um, but yeah, man, I, yeah, you, you reached out right away too. Like I reached out to you and then you, you got back right away. So I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm humbled that you reached out, man. Thank you so much. It means, you know, it's, it's, uh, it means a lot that you even reached out in the first place. So I appreciate that, Trevor. Yeah. It's been great. It's been a fun conversation, fellas. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll see how we like the 45 minutes. If we don't like it enough, we'll get you back on for another 45. Let's go. <laughs> Sounds good. But all right, man, I appreciate it. And everybody you got his, um, got his links in the description below to check out all he's got going on. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you.